what is going on everybody it's just jimmy Lennon here today on another podcast um we're talking a lot of materials are going on right now within playstation and gaming um some sports uh a lot of material that goes on with still celebrating the 50 years of hip-hop as well as some things around the city of virginia beach yeah i know i haven't talked about that as much but um i'm still gonna bring that back in there too because i want you guys to get the feel of Virginia Beach and the Tidewater area. For ones that don't live in this area, I do want to bring some light into, you know, just some some ideas. I almost sound like a travel agent. <laughs> it's like, come to the city. <laughs> you enjoy yourself, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, let's get started. Within PlayStation, PlayStation happened to pretty much more again talk about more of the VR system. The VR headset that is a PlayStation VR 2 that is slated to come out around the end of this month, around February 22nd. I guess you can kind of say it's not the end of the month, but it's it's getting close. People forget sometimes. February is only 28 days. So, I consider that the end of the month. <laughs> um, so, with that being said, they happen to slate out some games. And I guess some might be an understatement. A lot of games that they were showing off for the VR 2. And a lot of them look pretty good um they threw in some stuff and we talked about this before in some past um podcasts they happen to give us a little bit of some snippets of certain games that are supposed to come out for the playstation vr 2 such as horizon call the mountain so you know and again if you ever had any type of experience with the vr i know that's kind of the biggest hit so far you know you got the oculus you got again playstation with their vr of course you had the first vr system that allowed you to use the PlayStation Move if you <laughs> if you still have the PlayStation Move from back when the PS3 came out, you know, because during that time frame you really didn't have a headset, you just had the camera, kind of just piggybacking off the eye tour that was out on PS2, and you just had the PlayStation Move. Did all right, you know, had some games, some games that was featured on third-party consoles. It was meh. <laughs> I mean, when I tell when people ask me what the PlayStation Move controllers were like, you could say like the DualShock probably in terms of the vibration. You could say it was better than the Wii. I mean, that's the best thing I could say other than the fact that it has a glowing ball on the top. Other than that, you're literally playing the Wii on a PlayStation. Moving on. The fact is that they have Horizon Call of the Mountain, and um, this is actually the spinoff of the game, of course. Um, I wouldn't really think they would put this as the main scene, considering the fact that as expensive the VR is, people have to go out their way to actually purchase that. That's just practically buying another system on top of another system <laughs> that some probably still don't have. Which, by the way, there was some post up there via through IGN, shout out to them. The fact is that the um there was some information i guess that was saying that playstation is now becoming more in stock so that way we don't have to worry about any more shortages that's cool you know um that's kind of bad it's still at the same point that it's been about three years i mean i want to take the positive in it don't get me wrong but three years it took y'all to actually kind of get more systems without it being so scarce people stressing out and i mean stressing out to the point that they're probably losing their hair Stressing out trying to find these systems, get these exclusive access to like emails and notifications and whatnot. And now it's like, oh, finally, we figured it out. I mean, sure, we had shortages that was going on. We understand that. 
Um, that was kind of a lot of the reasons too, as delays, because there were certain parts that was being shortaged um, during the pandemic. So that was one of the other things too. But I still think they really competing a lot, especially, oh, well, anybody else, Xbox. Um, especially when it comes to the Game Pass. The Game Pass, PlayStation, that's the one thing I can say PlayStation is behind on is still working on that PlayStation Plus. But we're going to get to PlayStation Plus in a little bit. Um, but still with the Xbox, you know, some people, you know, I can't really fault them. Though they should really try the PS5. It's really great. Big advocate on that. <laughs> um, but when it came to the Xbox, they were, well, more available. So when people can't wait no longer, they're going to say, well, let's try this system out. Because keep in mind, both systems do share third-party games. They may not share the same first-party games, but they still share the same third-party games. And if they want to play a certain third-party game, if it ain't on PC, you're going to try to probably buy it on the actual game console. You're going to try any way possible to play that game. Even if that means you got to cough up money for a system, especially if you never owned an Xbox before or had no intention at the time to get, get it, now you get it. So, um, so the PlayStation might be dealing with that. Just a, just a slight problem with that. We'll see how this transcribes throughout the year. Um, so finally everybody can get the system. Even though, as we talked about it last week, still it's pretty bad because, again, they're also taking out the PlayStation Plus um, collection for the PS5. So I'm like, man. But see, that's not until like around May. But still... You can, hopefully you can get your system by then because you just missed out on a lot of free games uh, to continue with the PlayStation VR uh, 2 those were the games there you had Resident Evil Village um, so pretty much playing that game but through the headset so it makes it even twice as creepy Gran Turismo 7 I mean that's pretty cool to have that on a VR system uh, just to feel like you're actually playing it of course through a lot of racing games anyway they have I mean we can go far back with Need for Speed Midnight Club and again Gran Turismo that allows you to kind of change your perspective of how you're driving the game So it could be I don't know how you kind of describe it But you can have it far away from the car like the camera could be a little bit far away from the car So you can see a little bit on the back side and everything around you kind of thing you can have it a slightly closer to the car and then you can have the first person view as if you are the one driving the car and you can see right through the window as you're driving and racing against others. So in a sense, that's kind of what this is happening here. And I was like, that's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. I mean, especially uh, <laughs> as beautiful as the uh, game is. I mean, it's just pretty nice to see that happen right there. And then you got the haptic feedback on your on the controller because that's a little bit different too, right? You always played it on the controller, but now you got like two different joysticks in your hands and you're playing that. So that's a very interesting perspective there. Then you also got the 2MD VR Football Unleashed All-Star. Pretty much you can kind of say you're playing like you're playing the game of football, which also they have an NFL Pro uh, game for the VR, which also makes you feel like you're playing as the quarterback, making the plays, making the throws, and making all the finishing moves to get to the end zone. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, there was a couple other ones too. I saw they had like uh, Tetris. <laughs> yeah, you get to play Tetris with the VR headset. That's uh, that's interesting. I mean, even though the Tetris piece is like farther back there, so I'm like, okay, that's cool. 
um there's some couple other ones too drums rock which literally when you see it <laughs> what's the first thing that comes to mind when you see something like that drums rock literally it was looking like rock band because <laughs> um, pretty much how they describe it is that drums rock is in an arcade drum game originally released last year and it's basically again of your rock hero guitar hero kind of feel but you're uh, feeding off the demons of hell to a soundtrack of hard rock and heavy metal so that's pretty interesting so as you're beating the drums you're also beating up demons so I guess that would give you a little bit creative <laughs> to think outside the box from Guitar Hero and Rock Band, which hopefully that makes a comeback. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Which is also funny because they also have another one as well where they have like the air guitar um, type of VR system for that. I'm like, really? So they got like a couple <laughs> of kind of guitar um influence games from that and it's called unplugged air guitar so yeah again if you played anything with guitar hero pretty much this is what you're doing right here but with the vr headset so that's cool um they have zombie land vr headset so it's literally just you beating up zombies around the area and kind of your zombie apocalypse survival kind of game there too um, so there was a, there was a lot of stuff and then they had Walking Dead, same situation there too. The Light Brigade, that one's pretty cool too. Uh, so, you know, you have a cast of people that's going in there and then you're kind of mag mag using magic and everything, trying to survive and anything. There was a racing game one though, that looked pretty cool. Um, it was like, kind of reminds you of, I guess in a sense, Wipeout, if you ever played Wipeout, um, it kind of reminds you of that, so it's it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. So I thought that was that was pretty interesting to see at least. Um, they got job simulator and vacation simulator. I'm telling you, they these simulators they're coming up with anything with these simulators. I mean, we already had goat simulator. We had trains. You could do a computer simulator to build your own PC. I mean, yeah, I really think anything's possible here. So they got a job simulator. So how it feels like to be in the office and then vacation, same thing, right? So, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, they got Creed, you got Creed in there too as well, so you could fight one-on-one, -on -one facing off against your opponents in there too, so that's pretty cool, a little boxing in there a little bit. So, uh, Cave Digger, so you get to go through mines and the ancient civilizations, pretty sweet there, Cities v VR, uh, you guys just go ahead and manage your own city to your own bit. I mean, you could almost say it's like Sims, but that's that's pretty much how I see that as. Uh, we got Altar Breaker as a sword fighting game. You just beat each other up in multiplayer in two. So uh, after the fall is also another game that's kind of like the the um, how should I say the zombie game of that too as well. So I thought that was pretty interesting seeing some of those games being being played just the way it was so yeah it, it was it was pretty sweet you know i i was like dude that i would honestly pick up these games <laughs> um a lot of these games are pretty sweet to play and try out so that's how i see it and then i think it was like thumper yeah thumper was the game where it's like a weird 
motion sensor, motion sensor kind of like driving through the, like, these panels and everything like that too. And it's going at blistering speed. So that's why it kind of reminds me of Wipeout when I'm looking at it and everything like that too. So it's a, it's a pretty cool looking amount of games that you could choose from to kind of, you know, keep yourself, you know, entertained a little bit for the most part. So I like it. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty sweet to have. So we'll be on the lookout for that game system. We'll be on the lookout for that VR system. That's, that's all I can really say about that. So even though it's going to be quite expensive, pretty much once you get it though, it looks like they put in a lot more, not saying they didn't put a lot of love in the first one, but they're going to put a lot of, a lot of thump or energy as I may describe into this one too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting it, but obviously once that happens and then trying it out. Um, I, I never really owned any of the VR systems. I didn't even own the first one. Um, they, they probably might be less expensive now, especially since the second one's coming out. So who knows? Uh, we'll give them a shot and we'll see. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> but um, they also announced a little bit of stuff with PlayStation Plus games. Um, if you happen to have the subscription of PS Plus Extra as well as Premium, uh, this is coming through via GameSpot. PS Plus Extra, they got a bunch of games coming from there for the for that version of the PS Plus. You got Horizon Forbidden West coming out for both the PS4 and the PS5. The Quarry, PS4 and PS5. Resident Evil 7 for the PS4. Outriders for PS4 and PS5. Scarlet Nexus, PS4 and PS5. Borders, Borderland 3, PS4 and PS5. Tekken 7, PS4. Would be cool if it was PS5, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, we're getting Tekken 8, so <laughs> we, we ain't worried about it. Uh, Ace Combat 7, PS4, Earth Defense Force 5, PS4, Unaki, PS4, Lost Spear, PS4, I Am Sentina, PS4, The Forgotten City, and that, that's just, I guess one game i guess it didn't really specify which one but that's that's one of the games for the ps plus premium you got the legend of dragoon that was a ps1 game it's a pretty good game i actually love that one i was very happy to see that one be part of the list wild arms 2 the ps1 and destroy all humans ps4 so they have a whole list of that coming in there too as well so that's that's pretty sweet to see um, there was also a little bit of some rumors that was going around a little bit about the fact that there could be a PlayStation State of Play coming out pretty soon. And I kind of figure as much considering the fact that it's kind of weird to see, you know, in a sense of the, um, how should I say, the PS4, um, you got, oh, not the PS4, excuse me, the uh, PlayStation games is coming out before, <laughs> before E3, or at least around it. Because E3 so far is not having a lot of big names like Nintendo and Xbox showcasing their stuff. So I don't even know what E3 is trying to do. I don't know what E3 is anymore, really. I still, um, I'm still big on the component. Because, I, you know, I want to go to E3 one day, hopefully as it still continues. But in all honesty, a lot of these companies, and we all seen it. If you've been around the block you all seen it we can come to the point where a lot of these companies can have like playstation does state of play they haven't been there since after 2018 um that was i think the last time they talked about because i think that's when the last of us part two was coming out and 
I think that was the last time you pretty much ever saw them at that stage. Because it's like, well, we can just do this from anywhere, really. Um, and Nintendo Direct's been doing that with the, you know, videos and showing gameplay, but then also have Nintendo Treehouse. And I guess really the biggest component is just trying to have people interact with the creators and our developers or the testers just to get their feedback back, right? And it's just that overall feeling of being there and you're just hopping through all these, you know, areas of certain sections for games. I mean, people, you know, behind the scenes put a lot of work into put, putting all this stuff together. Uh, their display in the game and everything like that. It was like a, how like you say, Disneyland, but without the roller coasters. So you just have so many different options to look around and experience. But with a lot of these games, you can literally do demos from the system. Now people may say, oh, well, we need E3 to get people's feedback. I'm like, well, there's a, in this day and age, you can use the forums. They, they will not hesitate to comment on something, whether it's relevant or irrelevant and give their feedback on it, whether it's also again, relevant or irrelevant. And, you know, you go based off of that. You know, you may not get that, you know, person interaction right there, but people still gonna play the game, play the demo, and they will give you your feedback back on it. So, in due time, I can see that formula being implemented, which is great, because at least we could try out these games, right? Because they're always so exclusive to those conferences like that. And then we all got to wait for the ones that didn't go, <laughs> which I guess makes sense because you did pay a lot of money to get there, not to mention hotel and other expenses too to get there, but still, it still hurts to not play those right then and there. So, but that's, that's interesting. That's a little bit of a rumor going around right now. We don't really know exactly what's slated state time for that. I mean, we, I guess I'm for, we're almost finished with February. Um, you got March, April, May, and then usually, usually E3 is around June. So, which a lot of games anyway, I mean, especially since the summer games type of celebration happens around there anyway. So they got a couple months. So whether, whenever they're going to do it, we'll see. Cause this PlayStation got a lot of games to show off. And <laughs> some trailers that we haven't seen for certain games for a while. Like I'm still waiting for Spider-Man 2. Like, can we get more? <laughs> Could we get more, please? Right? See Peter and Miles go at it with Venom. So, that's all I gotta say about that with PlayStation. Up next, we're gonna talk some sports. It's kind of a little bit nutty since of after last week's trade deadline and different moves that was happening left and right. Um, and just seeing how a lot of these players kind of are at where they're at now in their newer places. So, up more up next. And we're back with sports. Now, this going especially with the NBA this weekend, it is the NBA All-Star weekend. Um, pretty much one of the biggest nights, of course, for the uh, NBA other than the finals. You're talking about the, you know, best of the best going against each other, you know, having some fun out there too as well. But there's been a lot of injuries that's been happening prior to the All-Star game. I don't know. It's going to be kind of interesting. I mean, you already found replacements for ones like Steph Curry, KD, Zion Williamson. And now it's like, man, like a lot of the players are like banged up. You have Joel Embiid banged up. Giannis was banged up. So... 
they, I guess they, they may try to still play. I mean, we have reserves too, but I mean, you gotta also kinda <laughs> also fill in the, the void of another spot for the reserves while that person that was on the reserves get moved up to the starter, you know what I'm saying? So it's one of those, it's one of those situations there before. Um, you know, it's always, I guess it's always been a question because people, and uh, you know, I talked to a little bit, was talking about, you know, why would they play their star players kind of close to the All-Star game, right? You know, let the other players that may not get as much shine, you know, play those one or two games that's happening that week, just this that week alone, right? So that way that player, that All-Star doesn't get banged up and then pff, they can't even play or anything like that. They will show up, of course, but they won't play. So, but, you know, it's it's by a difference of agenda. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, every game counts. So I guess they were like saying, no, you know, we need to make sure we get these games so that way, you know, we, we're not struggling towards the end trying to get to the playoffs. So some people have different mentalities trying to secure the win and secure a spot because, again, we're getting close to, you know, getting to the playoffs. And it's pretty much anybody's race, especially on the West. <laughs> Especially on the West, I mean, I mean, it's it's crazy. But I, I'm going to start off with the Lakers, right? You know, of course, it's funny because the Lakers were in shams. They're still technically sort of in a sham because they're right now, I think, what 13 seed. If I'm not last time I last checked, um, they're they're pretty low down there. But there's a lot of games to be played, and of course, with the acquisition of D'Angelo Russell, you know, Malik Beasley, you know, and uh, Vanderbilt. You know, you're talking about a lot of those players being put into that mix group where the Lakers were missing voids of. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, three-point shooting, just shooting in general. But that was the biggest thing they struggled most about was the shooting. And I saw them play, right? They went against the Pelicans, having that whole squad up there. You had LeBron, you had AD all mixed in them and whatnot. And, you know, they beat the Pelicans. You know, that Wednesday from like 102 to 120, well, 120, the Lakers and the Pelicans 102. And I was like, okay. We're seeing, we're seeing some kind of change there. But that's crazy how much of a dynamic change. And again, I know that's just one game, right? I mean, of course, they played other games too as well prior from that, um, even from that trade. But even still, um, that's an interesting sign, right? Because before all that, uh, no one, I mean, they still try to show the Lakers on TV, but I didn't want to see the Lakers like that because they were doing bad. <laughs> you know, we got LeBron James on the court. That's great. AD, when he's finally, you know, recovered, that's great. But the rest of this, you know, the players that was coming in there, I was just like, man, the shot selection was poor. All of it, you know, we can get into it all day. Um, But... Russell Westbrook, you know, I'm not going to, you know, shoot him down when he's already down. You know, the biggest thing is that we can't forget about the fact of how Russell Westbrook, his playing style, right? This man, by far, the most amount of triple doubles we've ever seen, right? Um, says a lot. Sure, people going to say, you know, he doesn't have the ring, that the baggage of what, you know, you know, getting an MVP, getting, you know, all these other accolades that came along there, except for having that. You know, he's been on all-star games multiple times, so, you know, but, um, you know, I, I hope he does get picked up by another team somewhere. I hope he doesn't end up like what Camilla Anthony's right now, because surprisingly, no one still had picked him up. And I'm like, bruh, he could come to the Knicks. <laughs> so <laughs> bring him back to the Knicks, please. 
um, you know, and, you know, seeing, you know, you know, that dog mentality in Russell Westbrook, though, I will not ignore the fact that his shooting is trash. It's terrible. Uh, I mean, he's the last person I would give the ball to if it comes down to three-point shooting. I'm serious. I'm, I'm not kidding. Um, you know, I know he's heard that enough as it is, but I, I, I'm only telling by what I'm seeing on the court. And that was always the pretty much frustrating thing. Driving to the hole? Oh, please. That's, that's Westbrook all day. I have no concern with that. I give him the ball. If he's doing that, make, make way, because that's a train coming right through that drive right there. But his shooting selection of three-point shooting range? Bruh, no. Uh-uh. No. No way. And it wasn't doing anybody any favors. You know what I'm saying? So, when they get someone like D'Angelo Russell with his three-point shooting, his shot selection, just overall scoring, that's a huge jump. Plus, it's quite interesting just him coming back to L.A. <laughs> After being on a couple teams now, you know, between the Nets and then you have the Timberwolves and all that jazz. So, and then for him to just say, man, we're coming back to the Lakers. How about that, right? That's huge. So, saying all this now, um, you know, is it too early to make that prediction? Um, I can see them at least get into the playing tournament. Getting past through that without having to go through the playing tournament getting this those uh one of the six spots i, I still have them kind of because the west is very tight all right um i have them it can surprise me and i in all means i want them to um but i see them coming into the playing tournament getting out of it yeah i can see that i can see that i can see that so, but of course, we probably won't have a definitive answer with that until we get close to that point, or especially where they're at, because um, right now they're out of it. <laughs> they have reached to do the playing tournament, so they got to get these games, and every single game count, you know, so that way they can get to a spot or a certain position, so that way they can make that kind of run. Because with all that, all that fantasy and stuff won't mean a thing if they can't even do it. Not a thing. So. But on the positive ends for the Lakers squad, that's that's a huge improvement. That the, Rob, Rob did a great job with that, honestly. Because like I said, last year they didn't do nothing. Last year and they were struggling last year and they didn't do nothing. This year they did something. <laughs> Sheesh. And shout out to my Knicks though, Josh Hart with Jalen Brunson. It's it's crazy that they, you know, it's it's like man. <laughs> You know, him coming back, you know, playing at Villanova, both of them playing together like that. I was just like, bro, that's dope. I mean, I, who would have thought that mix right there could have worked? Then again, people were like, oh, yeah, that's great. I'm like, well, geez, Cam Reddish, she played with Duke with R.J. Barrett. You know what I'm saying? That was going to be the biggest thing right there. It's like, oh, snap, you know? So it's, it's what it is, right? Um, yeah, the Clippers and the Suns, that was a little bit of an interesting game there. Tense one right there. The Clippers were making a big run there, too. People were saying, though, and I, and I do will entertain this, though. No lie. No lie. And this is going back to Russell Westbrook. No lie. I would entertain this part. Is the fact that if Russ gets picked up for the Clippers, that would be interesting. Especially if they face each other in the playoffs, too, in some in some fashion. I don't know how exactly that would make work but if that works out 
right? Because he's from there. He's from L.A. Um, he may not be playing with the Lakers, but, you know, the Clippers. You know, however they want to probably utilize him if he agrees to the terms that they have. That'd be something interesting if he's willing to play ball like that. How about that, right? What's What kind of great story would that be right there, right? <laughs> that would be very interesting. I mean, I don't know where exactly Russell Westbrook would actually go to, um, where he would actually fit in. I honestly would say go back to the Wizards. They kind of had some going there. You had him, Bradley Beal, you know, Pazingas over there, got Kuzma over there. I mean, they could probably make some magic happen there. Um... I don't know, really. Um, I mean, of course, I can always go first with my Knicks. I mean, could we say bring him to the Knicks? Uh, I, I can't. Nah. Now, the Nets. Possibility. Possibility. Possibility with the Nets. Depends. Depends. But there, there's, there's definitely a spot out there, though, for him. He will get picked up. I have, no, I have no question in my mind that that man won't get picked up. Just what he brings to the table, too, when he plays. You know what I'm saying? When he plays. So, with all that being said, um, tonight, because again, again, this is the All-Star Weekend. Then on Friday is going to be the Celebrity All-Star Game. Then you also have the Rising Stars, which is usually pretty much the rookies playing in the game and tournaments and stuff like that. Um, so, that's, that's pretty sick to do as well. Um, so, that's interesting there. And then tomorrow, which is interesting, um, the, um, excuse me, then you have the events of, you know, the all-star, you know, games, basically the, um, the, uh, all-star Saturday night type of thing. Um, but early into the daytime though, they're going to have the NBA cross HBCU classic. They did this last year, which was really good too. Um, I, I enjoyed it. And it's going to be Southern University versus Grambling State University. So, you know, that's going to be shown on NBA TV, TNT, and ESPN2. So that's going to be pretty cool to see right there. Um, so then, yeah, that tomorrow, that Saturday, they're showing off the Skills Challenge, the three-point contest, and the Slam Dunk Contest. Following Sunday, they have the uh, G League Next Up game at 3 o'clock on NBA TV. Then the tip-off starts at 6, and the game starts around um, 8.30. Before that, 7.30, they're going to have the draft. And that's when they're actually going to draft the players that they want on their team right there. And this isn't new because, I mean, this is new for them. I believe hockey, NHL, has done that before. So that's the new formula because usually it would be, like, say, Thursday, days before the, um, you know, before the All-Star game that they pick their teams, and then, boom, there they go. So that's going to be interesting to watch. So we'll, we'll see how that transcribes. But I'm curious about the slam dunk contest just because of however a sham it was last year. You know, uh, I, <laughs> God, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I mean, a lot of us who ever saw that, who watches it every single year, know that that, that entirety of that was trash. I, I no. <laughs> I talked about it then, so I'm just going to leave it like that. Moving on to the brand new year, right? So hopefully it's a brand new dunks and made dunks, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the key thing about slam dunking is you got to make the dunks. You can't just 
come out with the bling and all these other different types of shenanigans and not make the dunk. That's that's a turnoff. I think it probably will go down as one of the worst years <laughs> of the slam dunk contest. But if they are willing to play ball, it would be very interesting to see them actually go in and um, whether it's bringing somebody from the G League or, and I will piggyback on what Stephen A said, and I said that with them that last time when we talked about this, was that, you know, you have some kind of contest leading up to this. And I think it's, I know Tracy McGrady, I think, does something. He does like a one-on-one type of tournament or something like that. But they need to do some kind of, because they used to back then, they had a slam dunk contest, and I know it was shown on TNT a lot, because they had Shaq and Kenny and all of them doing the judging and whatnot. It was pretty cool, right? What if they do something like that again? Just get these slam dunk people who do all the dunks for a living, posted it on social media and whatnot, and you look through it, you get people from people just to look around best of the best trying to actually put together a slam dunk contest type of event uh, just so that way you can lead up to the slam dunk contest on this court, right? It makes it interesting. To me, at least. I know a lot of times you want to try to get people that you know, but it's just like, that's the element of surprise. I want to be surprised. I want to see something different. You know, they try to do different dunks, and let's face it, as long as this event goes on, there's going to be dunks that people already have done. And you see, you'd be like, oh, they already did it. Oh, between the legs, they already did it. Twirling around, they already did it. Jumping from the uh, free throw line, they already did it. Off the backboard, did it. Below a candle, did it. Over a car, did it. Behind the backboard, did it. Over a prop, did it. I mean, I keep going on. They they did so many different dunks over the years. (laughs) So, you know what I'm saying? Um, So I'm curious what they're going to do here. But the participants are Kenyon Martin Jr., um, son of uh, Kenyon Martin, who played back with the the Nets back when they were in New Jersey. Mac McClung from the 76ers. Trey Murphy III, New Orleans Pelicans. And from the Knicks, Jericho Sims. Yes, sir. Represent the Knicks. You better represent it well, too. Uh, the judges are going to be Jamal Crawford, uh, Lisa Leslie, Carl Malone, Harold Miner, and Dominique Wilkins. So that, that should be very interesting to see um, exactly how that may transcribe there, too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> and hopefully it will be better. <laughs> hopefully so but yeah other than that that's that's kind of about how that goes and hopefully we probably see kd up there soon seeing what he does with the suns that's going to be dangerous there too um up next oh yeah actually we're gonna forget about the super bowl (laughs) Uh, nfl happened last week um very tight game between the chiefs and the eagles um you know, I was kind of rooting for a little bit for the Eagles to see and represent the NFC, especially in our conference as well. You know, if it was the Cowboys, I'd be like, Chiefs, run them over. But, you know, the Eagles, I was like, okay. You know, there's no, for me, there's no bad blood, you know, against them. Even though they are rivals and once we face each other, it's all it's, it's all love and war. But the Chiefs and the Eagles, they were going back and back and forth. There were some calls that was made, some type of like holding call that they were missed. And then, of course, there was a fumble on the end for the Eagles, which probably did it for them. Um, because if, if it wasn't for that, they probably could have won it. 
and the Chiefs ended up winning it by just three points of a field goal attempt after all that. Plus the fact Patrick Mahomes was injured in there too, and somehow this man still was able to play and win. It's insane. This man, this man is an animal. <laughs> like, I don't understand this man just somehow got through all of that to get another ring just like that. So it was it was dope. As for the commercials, uh, there were some pretty good uh, commercials there. Um, some that was memorable. Others, I was like, what? <laughs> um, especially, of course, the Doritos one with uh, Jack Carlo, of course, with Missy Elliott and Sway. Shout out to them. Um, they they were on that commercial, too. And we kind of saw that a little bit beforehand, but, you know, it was cool that that was up there, too. Um, Will Ferrell was up there basically doing commercials with, like, Netflix. <laughs> Um, P. Diddy did, um, did a commercial, like, doing hits with, uh, Uber Ones, so I was like, okay, that's cool, that's cool, but, like, did something there, too, and then, um, was there some other ones, too? I mean, there was a lot of commercials that was pretty funny, uh, at least there was ones that just spit out to my brain. As for Rihanna, that performance, some song selections, guys. Didn't disappoint on the song selection at all. The only thing that did hurt me, though, which this one didn't. Congratulations on the fact that they, she, her special guess was that she was pregnant. Again, I was like, oh, snap. Because we kind of saw that already with the baby bump when she was pulling out the jacket. I was like, okay. Go ahead, ASAP. Go ahead, ASAP. Who would have thought, man? Because she dated so many people and then just her and ASAP, just like that. So, that's tough. But um, I just wish he had brought more extra con extra characters or extra guests in there. That's all. But other than that, the performance was great. Up next, we're gonna talk a little bit of some hip hop history, and we come back from that. All right, guys. So on to the next topic. We're still talking about a little bit more with the 50 years of hip hop. Um, so the biggest thing, if anything, if it's not so much with the music itself, is also, uh, you know, the style, you know, that was, that was really the biggest thing that happened within the, um, the whole music scene. You know, when you had the Kangol, um, you know, the, you know, the can Ice, you know, all of it that was styled up there, you know what I'm saying? You got FUBU, so many rock aware, so many different types of style and wear that happened back then. You know, of course, Adidas definitely was one of the biggest, you know, things to wear too, biggest wardrobe and anything outfit to wear, especially because of Run DMC in them, right? So it, it was a big culture statement of what you were wearing. Whether it was the baggy jeans, all leathered out shirts, the jerseys. <laughs> I mean, you can't help but see a bunch of times in music videos where you had a bunch of them wearing a bunch of jerseys. That was a style. Even if they they never even came from that state <laughs> or, or represent that team, um, you know that was that was the biggest thing. But you know, Cor um, Carl Kanai, you know, you know, you saw a lot of times with Biggie wearing that up there, and it's still around to this day though. But that was one of the biggest fashions to have. And, you know, everything around that, too. You know, you had turtleneck sweaters. Yeah, you had a lot of different outfits going on, camo jackets. And it was a lot of times, too, especially when it came around, especially the early 2000s, when you had, like, the double XL type of outfits. 
So, like I mentioned before, with baggy jeans. It was pretty much one of the biggest staples there that happened throughout that time frame. So, that was that was pretty much the biggest thing that came along there with the whole wardrobe. So, it was just a matter of who was having what kind of style. And even for today, right? Um, especially as times went through on, yeah, the saggy jeans going in there too. Um, different, um, you know, you have a different fit on there too as well. Whether it's the uh, sweatpants that like, I'm not saying they're tight, but <laughs> I guess it's more on... I guess you could say tight, maybe on your skin. I, I I don't know how you want to describe that, but that's really kind of how the style kind of is now. Um, more fitted than it is baggy, I guess is the best way I can describe it uh, when it came to a lot of the clothing line now, right? Um, especially back then too, especially within the 90s, you had like the high top fade, the glasses, um, you know, you had different dreads and braids, and that's still going on to this day too. Um, one of the biggest things there too and even even within sports um you know we always talked about it and it's still a thing to this day when we look at nba and how that hip-hop culture kind of intertwined in there with it and you know we gotta give homage and shout out to my man my boy representing up in here alan iverson coming from va he was pretty much one of the biggest um components when it came to kind of crossing over the hip-hop look into nba I mean, you look at it between the tats, between the gear and the way how he was dressed, it was a different type of style. Even you throw in KG in the mix, too. Kevin Garnett was another component, too, when it came to that. Um, and it just made it so that way. Because, you know, you have you know, hip-hop artists that want to be ballers, and you have ballers that want to be rappers. So it kind of was like, okay, boom. <laughs> Heck, you even had Kobe up there rapping. You had Shaq even up there rapping. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it, that's that's huge. Um, so, uh, that's, that's kind of how hip hop kind of intertwined a little bit with that and then within sports too, as well with the style. So it still, still goes on to this day. You know, there's a lot of gear that goes on here. And you even you have Gucci, Gucci, this Gucci, everything going on here too. Uh, Nikes, <laughs> you can't come out there with, without some Nikes, any type of Timberlands that came out too. So you know that was really the styles even you can go as basic as the hoodies you can go as basic as the hoodies that you would wear too so you know it's it's really all the style and the culture of it all when you made it through through the years of hip-hop through how it transcribed that whole entire style you know what i'm saying even even at a time frame when you had like the pimp era too especially you know things like ones like nate dog and snoop dog you know you're wearing the hat and the suit and got the cane especially biggie did it too and they all coming in there pimping out with the cane <laughs> pimping 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 <laughs> like cat williams would do <laughs> so that was that was it that was kind of the blend there so i mean i just gave you kind of like different all over the place different ways of styles that, that kind of went through 50 years right so it, you know and so who knows as style goes on into the future even within the next 50 years you never know and the style will always change of course there's a lot of style coming back from those times but then there's also somehow they tweak it a little bit and make it different to make it your own within this era that we are in now so that was a little bit of some hip-hop history fact there a little bit you know you know again like so forth we could always talk about the rappers all day long and the ones who 
trailblaze through there too but you also got to pay homage to the actual style and clothing too you know that was a big component there too as well that was coming around there too back in the day so that was my little tidbit there um and then up next we're talking a little bit of some virginia beach um making a kind of a, a small homage to a certain part of the city or at least this part of the area mall I guess you could say <laughs> I know that was so bad of a transition but I, I that's just the way some way I can describe it is that section of the city there's a special um, section place mall that has been torn down and will be remembered up next And we're back, y'all. On to the last part of the podcast for the day. Is the last part is something that I guess you can kind of say. I'm not saying I prolonged it for a reason. I kind of forgot. <laughs> so that's my B. Um, where it came down to is that recently within the city of Tidewater, around specifically, uh, excuse me, Norfolk, and um, not too far from Virginia Beach, is uh, the Military Circle Mall. Um. This mall pretty much been around for a long time, more than people may realize. I mean, it opened back in 1970. Uh, it's been around for a while. Obviously, it was there way before I was born anyway, of course. But once I was born <laughs> and, you know, started, started to get some remembrance of how the mall is. And then, of course, up to the point of about a couple weeks ago when it got demolished on January 31st of this year. Um, the mall itself was pretty cool. Um, how I really described it was that, you know, especially just for around today, more or less, um, it had a lot of urban wear. Um, there was a lot of urban wear clothing that you probably wouldn't find near Live Haven. Maybe at best you can say MacArthur Center because MacArthur Center wasn't that far from military. I mean, literally, if you take the highway going down Norfolk, whether it was going near the Thai Stadium or Harbor Park for to be specific, um, it's on the same highway, you know, but Military Circle, if you're coming from Virginia Beach, will be the first mall you probably will see on the side of the highway, right? Then you keep going and you got MacArthur Center. But anyway, uh, yeah, um, very, I can kind of say like the inside of the mall, small a little bit. It obviously was bigger back then, but then they kind of did some revamped it a little bit and they made it a little smaller. Um, but the Macy's that was there too, again, like I said before, they had a lot of urban wear. It was pretty good. Uh, it was probably one of the few places that you could probably find like a Jimmy Jazz to find some shoes, some good shoes out there too. Um, the food, I mean, I'm going to keep it a buck. The food, I don't remember as much. Um, I had it before, but it's not something I would say, oh yeah, I remember, I guess. Um, that's the best thing I can say. Um, but since then, they over the years, they kind of took off that Macy's and they made it into kind of like an Ultima Health. And they still had like the Ross uh, store that was like in the corner of it. Um, so because it used to also be a Sears out there as well. So and then there was a Cinemark. And um, it was another way to go and watch the movie out there, too. And that wasn't pretty much put in there until around, you know, 2000. So it was pretty interesting. It was pretty interesting indeed. So, um, you know, now what they're going to do from here, I have no idea. I know Pharrell and Pusha T was trying to kind of have some kind of super dome going on there at Military Circle. So that would be pretty cool to see 
what goes on but that is definitely an end of a long era from there i mean they had different malls such as jc penny out there um the serena hotel actually was out there back then day as well too um it was i remember there was a store called i think it was hex i believe it was called it was like h-e-c-h-t I, I think we had one at Liff haven mall area and then they took it out um could ever pronounce it correctly and whatnot so they had a lot of stuff in there too they actually had kb toys in there too uh walden bookstore too if you ever had a walden books still around your area that's that's an actual store too as well so but yeah um it was crazy i mean this place went up for auction around back in 2015 in july and you know things like that and macy's actually closed back in 2016 so that was pretty much where that went so yeah um it was it was it was something it was something so i thought i'd pay a little homage out there if you ever happen to look it up maybe one day and you see how the military circle was they had some video out there too showing how it was back then from how it was until you know leading up to what it is now basically nothing more than just dirt now since it's being demolished so yeah i mean it was literally right across from janif so and janif has some good stuff over there too as well they still do um but i'm curious as what the new path forward for that area that was once military circle going to be now so that's up in the air so optimistically we'll see how it is for the future so i thought i would pay a little homage to military circle so a salute a salute indeed you know people obviously before me that was all way older than me will have more inside of that too but that's just taking it from my inside from growing up from a kid to now and seeing how the mall has kind of evolved a little bit over time so yeah but that's all i got to say for that <laughs> but that is it for the podcast ladies and gentlemen thank you guys for listening as always i appreciate always your support and always you know always reply back to the feedback you know whatever you guys may say about the feedback for the podcast what to make it grow better everything etc and so forth i really appreciate it and always your time all right you guys have yourself a safe night and take care